Welcome to The Shed Wireless, a podcast for shedders. Produced by the Australian Men's Shed Association across Australia and around the world. Yeah, there's something for you at the Men's Shed. Welcome to Season 3 of The Shed Wireless. It's almost a year since our first episode when all of us were just learning about this new virus called COVID-19. I bet your life has changed a bit since then, and no doubt 2021 has plenty more changes in store. We're all evolving, but the good news is The Shed Wireless is back in 2021, still genuinely coming to you direct from a real backyard shed and dropping in on shedders across Australia with a segment we call Shed in the Spotlight. Rip Woodchip will be back to nail it as usual, and we've got a special guest in store. Hint? There's a cool change coming. Actually, you might have to hang on for a second. I'll just, I'll, I'll just grab the door. Hello? Aaron! How are you, mate? Mind if I drop in? JPY, g'day! Of course! Come on in. In fact, I can't think of anyone better to be knocking on my shed door. How the heck are you, mate? Oh, bloody good, mate. Not a problem at all. Everything's considered. Uh, now, I'm here to help with the shed wireless. Is that is that okay with you? Okay, it's awesome. In fact, I think that you should take a leading role on the mic in Season 3. You up for it? Yeah, let's go. Let's bring it on. Let's, let's have a go. Ladies and gentlemen, as you will be well aware, this superstar of Australian pop music is no stranger to the microphone nor to the shed. So please welcome your new host of The Shed Wireless for 2021, the one, the only, John Paul Young. Oh, can I live up to that? You're listening to The Shed Wireless with John Paul Young. It's a podcast for shedders across Australia and around the world. Yeah, there's something for you at the Men's Shed. Well, this is going to be fun. And to get into the swing of things, I've come down to a men's shed here at Toronto in New South Wales, hopefully COVID permitting. The Shed Wireless will be visiting sheds all over Australia in all of the states over the year. There'll be monthly episodes, so make sure you subscribe. But I thought I'd introduce you to one of my best mates because he's the bloke who told me all about the men's shed a little while ago. And he's going to be our shedder in the spotlight. Sarjo, Terry Sargentson, welcome to the shed wireless. Thank you, John. Now, shedding, it's pretty big these days. Sheds are popping up all around the country. The uh, Australian Men's Shed Association has had five new sheds come online in the space of a month at the start of this 21. What do you think is the magic of the shed? Well, I'll tell you an example, using myself, mm-hmm. that when I started in the shed, I couldn't believe the amount of people that I met that had lived in Toronto and the Toronto area as long as I had Mm -hmm. and with all my kids growing up here, me going to the clubs, doing everything, I'd never met any of them. And so here I was in this little old community hall out at a Wobba with boxes everywhere and all these good blokes that I suddenly met that had come from different environments and that really had one common aim and that was just to get in and do something for someone else for a change instead of themselves and it was a really good feeling to be part of that. Fantastic. Now what's your favourite thing to do when you get down here? 
as little as possible for as long as possible. But well, there you go. <laughs> Isn't that a great answer? <laughs> yeah, but is it is it really is it sort of getting out of the house and and being yeah. on your own, or is it is it coming here and, and talking with your mates? And yeah, it's it's the mateship of it all. Yep. Um, you know, that's something that you can't sort of conjure up at home no matter what you're doing mm -hmm. so you come out here and you meet up with your mates that you've made and uh, you know people come up and ask you or some of them come up and ask you to make something or machine something up which I do on the the lathes here I look after the, the turning side of things mm -hmm. and um, just the satisfaction of well it might be someone different coming in with a, a wheelchair with a broken axle or something and I make it up for them I mean I come from an environment where I was running a company and what you got out of that was value for money and you give people value for what you did, you know what I mean? Yep. And you're charged for it. And to completely reverse that, to do something for the satisfaction of it, is a totally different concept. And so what I do, I get a lot of satisfaction now out of fixing things for people, not charging them for it or just charging them for whatever the bolts and nuts and that cost and seeing them go away happy on something that someone told them couldn't be fixed. And we fixed it for them. That's brilliant. Yeah. Now, you're quite unique in that you you, uh, you had a very successful company in the hydraulics business and you retired relatively early yeah, compared, compared to most people. And you've already done that thing. You've already been around Australia. Yep. So what did you think of that? What, what sort of experience was that for you? Well... What I wanted to do more than anything was retire at 55, but I never made it. But I made it to 57, right? And well, we're all bleeding <laughs> for you. But I went from, like, full-on travelling around Australia work-wise, just living out of suitcases, going overseas for work and that, to just going to travelling around with my wife in a fifth-wheeler with uh, just having enough time to do whatever I wanted. And um, that was great. It was terrific. We had a great time. It, it went on for a few years and then more grandkids come along and it was like, you know, we can't go for a month anymore. We, you know, we can only go for a week. So, so the consequence of that was that we just didn't travel too much anymore. So I got rid of that and then I was at a loose end because I did that, like I said, for a few years. And then well, I found myself feeling that there was something missing, you know what I mean? And I just couldn't figure out what it was. Yep. And uh, then my wife suggested maybe Meals on Wheels or something like that to get me out of the house or right. whatever, and, and that didn't really press too many buttons with me. So then I just thought I'd heard about the men's shed, so I thought, well, I'll give them a call, and the rest of it was really history. I come out here and clicked with the blokes and... Uh, yeah, we had a great time. I still do have a great time. Now, speaking of sheds, you've got one amazing shed at home. It's uh, it's more of a, a workshop, and you're a you're a, a bit of a collector of motorbikes. You had a bit yeah. of motorbikes in your blood early on. Yeah, um, So what have you got? Uh, BSAs. They're all 650cc vertical twins. BSAs, uh, Triumph, Norton, uh, Aerials, and. Uh, some of them are restored, some of them in various stages of restoration, and some of them are never going to get restored. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can see you didn't have too many scars from riding the bike, but uh, I know you've just bought yourself a boat and you've just showed me a couple of scars. Both arms have, uh, have had a bit of work done on them. <laughs> Courtesy of the uh, the, tilt. the tilt on the on your motor. Yeah, on the on the um, 
outboard motor, it's a 225 horsepower Evinrude and uh, the tilt motor went on it. And not being smart enough to realise that once you push past a cable tie to try and get to a bolt and then pull your arm back, it acts like a knife. <laughs> <laughs> now, any particular goals that you got for, the, for this year? Uh, no, we've got a great-grandchild on the way. Um, we've got 11 grandkids, so we've got a great-grandchild on the way. And uh, so hopefully see the grandchild. Um, maybe if the borders open up you know, across to Fiji, maybe go back to Fiji. We've been going to Fiji for 30 years. Yep. And uh, I really love it over there, but I mean, I also love Australia and I wouldn't mind going for a few more trips around Australia, but I don't think that's going to eventuate. <laughs> well, Terry, thanks very much for being um, my first live guest. That's okay, John. It's, and, uh, uh, it's been a pleasure, actually. Good on you, Sarjo. Okay, we'll speak to you again. Bye-bye. On the tools. On the shed wireless. With John Paul Young. This is a new segment where we're going to get on the tools in the shed. So what are we going to look at in our very first edition of On the Tools, On the Shed Wireless? Meet Marty Lease from the Australian Men's Shed Association. He's a former chippy. I was a tradie too, Marty, back in the day. Did you know that? No, I did not. There you go. So what was your trade? I was a sheet metal worker, but the word sheet in my case, probably could have been transferred for another word that sounds like sheet. Well, there you go. Um, that was the sort of metal worker I was. I, yeah. I was at Commonwealth Engineering in Granville, where they, before I started there, they made the, uh, the Southern Aurora. And wow. when we were there, we were making the Indian Pacific. Wow, there so, you go. So, yeah. Um, and, of course, about two or three years into the apprenticeship, um, the band started getting busy because that was my part-time thing yeah. and uh, and I started missing a lot of days. <laughs> so, uh, as they say, I was sailing very close to the wind and by the time my time was up, mm. I was on my way to see the personnel officer, Jeff Barrett. I still remember Jeff and I was on my way to see Jeff and I met him halfway because he was. I was on my way to tell him I was leaving and Jeff was on his way to the factory floor to tell me I was leaving. Right. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was one of those things that, was, that, you know, we both agreed that it was, was time for me to go. Yeah. Thank goodness, thank goodness. <laughs> yes. oh, so well. I just got my papers and then it was me, I was out. Yeah, no regrets. Exactly. So here we are. What are we going to look at in our very first edition of on the tools on the shed wireless. Well, mate, we're going to have a look at CNC routers. Uh -huh. I mean, gone are the days. Sheds have evolved. Like right. gone are the days where sheds just relied on rusty tools that were donated from the the widow down the road and things Indeed. like that. I'm I do a lot of travel and I, I'm seeing a lot of these things popping up in uh -huh. the sheds nowadays. Um, and I look, I'm amazed by them. It's just it looks it's way above my head. Like I'm a chippy, I'm a hammer and chisel kind of guy and. This is uh, way above my pay grade, and uh, yeah, so we're yeah, so it we're, looks almost medical. Yeah, so we're so we're here in, in David's shed. David's a bit of an expert on this sort of thing, and he's going to run us through it. So, so g'day, David. How are you? I'm great. Nice to meet you. Do you spend much time in your shed here? I spend almost all of my waking hours in the shed when I'm not working. Brilliant, brilliant. So, so mate, how did you get into this sort of thing? This is like you're a former chippy, right? What's your background? Yeah, I'm a I'm a carpenter. I did my apprenticeship with the Public Works, and then left them, and you know, moved on, became a supervisor, blah blah blah. Yeah. Worked for myself for ten years, and then ended up moving up here from Sydney, 
and then got a job at the university. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's a fantastic place to work, the university. And good to get off the tools too, I suppose, a little bit. Yeah, fantastic. So how did you get into CNC routing? I don't, I don't really remember how I got into it. I played around, so I started designing this CNC in 2014. And after version 15 and 2017, I finally uh, decided to take the leap and to build it. Um, so it's all designed and, and built by me. Um, and much to my surprise that it was much easier to um, design and build than it was to work out how to use it. Um, so the, the, the learning curve for using it was steeper than I expected. Um, but it's, it's a fantastic thing. I love it. Um, I will never regret. I spent my budget I exceeded by 300%. <laughs> I could have, but at, but at no point did I. Uh, I knew what was happening. You know, I thought oh, I just need I need to get the the best stuff I can afford, and I'll never regret it. There was a lot of machines around at the time that you could buy little kit machines and that sort of yep. thing, which really didn't suit my purposes and didn't wouldn't necessarily de- deliver what I was after, and so. Yeah, I, I took my own road. So you've and, custom made this I have, for yourself. Yeah, that, that's I've made quite it. amazing. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Can you show us what what it can do? I can. Um, so hopefully nothing will hopefully nothing will go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so just to just to give the uh, the listeners a bit of a description, what we're looking at here, if you haven't seen one before, it's basically well. Uh, it's the size of a, a, a about a, half the size of a billiard table. Yeah, yeah, a workbench type thing. But yep. then down one end we've got a. A computer screen and the the keyboard there. It's very very technical. We got routing bits everywhere, and it's basically like a I guess like a huge printer, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it kind of looks like that. Yeah. And it, all right, so so run us through it. What are, what is it? Well, so what you do is you what I do is I draw a um, a three D drawing in a in a product called Fusion three hundred and sixty, which is free from Autodesk, which is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you create the drawing exactly what you want to do and that tells the machine what to cut there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole bunch of numbers on the screen i'm lost you're talking a bit of greek to me but so it tells the machine to go down turn left go right turn back left go down you know blah 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 turn the spindle on turn the vacuum cleaner on uh, it, it just you know it creates all of that um which is so if you want me to start it i can start it so th- so this is the technical part this is probably the hardest part and then you basically just flick a switch and go upstairs and have a cup of coffee or well it's probably not a good idea to leave it on its own okay. uh, so because <laughs> because things can go my wrong. wife says the same thing about me things can go wrong so uh, if, if you run a process once and it all works sweet then you can go upstairs and make a cup of coffee if you, when you run it a second time but the first time you run anything you need to stay here this thing is dangerous so you really need to be careful uh, what you're doing safety obviously in this day and age is very important but it's always been important but um, with a machine like this if you tell it to do something stupid it will do it uh, and I've <laughs> just had, like us yeah and, and I've, I've had that on numerous occasions where it's done things that I've, you know it shouldn't have done but I told it to do it um, so what will happen is when I turn it on, the vacuum cleaner will turn on and it'll create a lot of noise. But I uh-huh. just I might turn the vacuum cleaner off, okay. um, and we'll have a little bit of dust. But it won't be it won't be a great deal. Okay. Um, so let's say this works. Um, she's on his mouse, and here we go. It's she's starting to go. The router started up. The lights are on. I think it's going to take off. JP, what do you reckon? <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so space age. So it's lowering down onto the timber. What what do you actually got a program to do at this moment? Just so what's you'll see. Okay. You'll see. Oh, oh, it's a surprise. Oh, I know he's got something programmed in there. Okay. 
This is great. So it's about an eight mil bit he's got in there at the moment. It looks like it's doing some sort of a riding. It's going, what, about 10 mil into the... Uh, did you say one eighth bit? No, no, yeah, that's what I was thinking, one eighth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in this cut, in this, I'm using a downcut bit because if you use an upcut bit, it tears the wood up. Right. Um, so you're better off using a downcut bit when you want to do this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Remember when we used to carve our names into trees with pocket knives? Yeah. <laughs> On the school desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I know what's coming along here. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. It looks like three letters. Yeah. A J. Yeah. A P. And oh, God, I wonder what the next letter is. I don't eh? know. I, you know, like, it could be an M, Marty. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I'd like to get a look in. Yeah. <laughs> So what other things do you do with it other than, you know, the, the route? This is basically routing some, some writing and things. So three-dimensional three stuff and things? Yeah, absolutely. The first things I created was, were things for the machine itself. So I, I built these holders at the top, um, the bits on the back that I built for it. So I used it to finish it itself off. That's um, incredible. Yeah. The, the machine makes itself. Yeah, I think this thing could take over the world one day. Oh, lots of things, yeah. so. No wonder he didn't want to leave it alone. Yeah. So, uh, just timber, or you've got some, like those bits you said you made for the machine, they're, um, they're perspex, aren't they? Yeah, they're perspex. You do timber perspex, really lightweight copper, really uh, lightweight aluminium. Just vacuum it all out there. Oh, look at that. Well, I'll be JPY. Sensational. There you go. What am I going to do with that? There's your new number plate. I'll find something for it. On top of your bedhead. That's wonderful. (laughs) That was too easy and just precision. Oh, it's just so neat. That's the thing. You can get to 0.1 of a millimetre. If if you set it up properly, you can get to 0.1 of a millimetre. I mean, you know, the commercial machines will do better than that. But 0.1 of a millimetre for me is more than enough. Um, so yeah, I create. Uh, you see the the um, jewelry on the bench over there. I create the jewelry, the earrings. Um, wow! Uh, I didn't notice that before. That's yeah. Um, the see the uh, salt and pepper grinder. I would not recommend that you ever oh. do that on a CNC because it's in- incredibly time consuming. Just go out and buy them from <laughs> somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, all, all sorts of things. It's it's limited by your imagination. By the look really. of this, you could make fishing lures. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is probably a standard size. The one we're looking at here is that like it's, um, it was built this size because of the cost and because of the size in the garage. So you need to leave room. I figured it'd do. I mean. Ideally, I'd love to have one I could put an eight before sheet on and, you know, cut out my own kitchens and that sort of thing. But uh, the amount of money it would cost, it's not worth it. And the amount of times I would use one bigger than this is not worth it. And I can actually, you know, with a bit of mucking around, I can cut bigger things. It's just do it in stages. All right. So that's that's the next big big question. You went, said you went 300% over budget. What what are you looking at to put some well, time? Well, tell me how much, it's how much and how long to put it all together. It's important to remember that what I've used here is commercial grade um, bits and pieces. So I spent ten thousand um, dollars. Yeah, my budget was three thousand dollars. So I bet, I bet your wife's new kitchen looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, the um, 
But I went the whole hog. Like I, I, the motors I bought, they're American motors. They're not stepper motors. They're absolutely fantastic. They work silently. All of the running gear is, um, even though the running gear is secondhand, because if I'd have bought new running gear, it would have been in more like twenty thousand um, dollars. The running gear is really high quality, even though it's secondhand. It's better than the stuff you buy that you get on a three thousand dollar machine or a five thousand dollar machine. Yeah, it's it's everything I wanted it to be, and and I love it. I spent a lot of time working on it. Um, the important thing to do with it is actually, as I said earlier, be safe, because you get here and you you know you're not feeling so flash, and you do something and it it'll bite you if you're not careful. And the thing is too with a shed investing in something like this. It's you know it opens a lot of doors for a lot of things they can do, and it can stimulate some income too for the shed in producing well, things like doing signage and things like that. So. Yeah, that's what the um, earrings were all about. But the problem is, I'm good at making things. I'm terrible at getting around to selling them, yeah. and, and they don't really look good on you either. Those earrings. So yeah, yeah, you could probably take them off now. <laughs> I have a lot of people who like them, but uh, have you got yeah. any special goal that you wanna? Have you got any project in the in the wind? For I have the got so many projects. It's that's part of my problem. Is there's too many projects. Projects. Oh, and yeah, yeah, and and not enough time to do them. Uh-huh. Just personal projects, or yeah, yeah, I build I build speakers for my children. I build amplifiers for my children. And this gets used for all that sort of stuff. Um, it's just it's just endless. You know, I sit down and next thing, maybe it's like a songwriter. A song pops into their head when they go to the toilet. Well, in my case, a design pops in, or another thought pops into my head, yeah. <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm sitting there at night drawing this yeah. this thing. So, so what level of skill? I mean. Looking at a computer screen, I'd be, you know, baffled. What what level of skill do you need, and you know, can you teach the average bloke to use something like this? Well, I think that you know, people shouldn't underestimate themselves. One of the one of the huge learnings out of this was, that, and one of the reasons it took me three years to actually get around to committing to to building it was the fact that I didn't believe that I could do it. Um, and then I took the leap and went, oh, bugger this, I'm just going to do it. And so I, th- I think people, as long as they're careful, then people should just believe in themselves and, and give it a go. If you really want to do something, just believe in yourself and give it a go and be prepared to get it wrong because I got it wrong a lot. Um, but every time I get it wrong, I learn something. Um, so, yeah, I try not to curse and swear. I don't beat myself up anymore when I get it wrong. Um, yeah, so just go for it. And I, I'm a carpenter. Yeah. So when computers came out, I struggled to use them. I knew nothing about electronics. I knew nothing about anything. But I sat down 10 years ago and I started designing speakers and doing stuff like that, which I knew nothing about. And before I, before I know it, here we are. Well, JP's a sheet metal worker, which is like a carpenter with the brains taken out. So do you reckon you could teach him to use one? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's just wonderful advice. And I love hearing that thing, you know, like don't be scared to make a mistake and don't underestimate yourself. I think that's a, that's a wonderful way of... Uh, of seeing seeing life, you know. I, I, I read it out in front of a coffee shop once and it yeah. said, I've learned so much from making mistakes, I'm thinking about making a few more. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I actually heard what Ash Barty said the other day when she lost uh, at the, the Australian Open. She said, if you're not winning, you're learning. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah it wasn't yeah. that lovely. It yep. Brilliant. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we're getting off the track there. But, yeah, all right, mate. Well, look, this has been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for giving us your time today and I'm sure you're a wealth of knowledge so we'll just hand your, your uh, email out to all the men's sheds in Australia and they can get in contact with you and just basically know where to go from there. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm incredibly busy. Oh, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> Thanks all again, right. David. 
You're listening to The Shed Wireless with John Paul Young. It's a podcast for shedders, so shed all your cares and woes and listen in. Yeah, there's something for you at the men's shed. I've got a story to tell you about this jingle that we knocked up last year about men's sheds. You may have watched the video clip we produced to go with the jingle at the end of last year. Well, it went a bit viral. Yeah, there's something for you at the men's shed. Okay, so there's an extra 30 seconds to that video that we couldn't show at the time, but now we can. There's a little bit of a story to it. We filmed this video clip at the Raymond Terrace Community Shed in New South Wales, and what a great time we had. It was an absolute hoot, because when I pulled up at the shed... I could hear the Shed Band playing one of my hit songs. But up until now, no one has seen the start of the video. We actually had to get the copyright sorted out for one of my tracks before we could release it. Everything is in order, and now you get to see and hear the full deal. So without further ado, here it is, and make sure you pay attention to the very beginning, because this is the premiere. Take a look at me. Guys, what are you playing that for? Sing this instead. Past the audition? Do you think they know we were miming? No. Our special guest on the Shed Wireless for this episode is a showbiz legend. He really was and still is a pop superstar with hits all around the world since the 1960s. Now that is some innings. Now at the age of 76, Glenn Shorrock considered calling his latest album Grumpy. Glenn, of course, was the front man and a founding member of The Twilights, Axiom, and the biggest one of all, 
the Little River Band. Some of those big hits like Cool Change and Reminiscing made it big, not just in Australia, but all around the world. I think even Frank Sinatra recorded Reminiscing. These are all tunes you might have turned up on your old-fashioned wireless well before podcasts were a thing. I'm sure Glenn's going to be happy to hear that. Anyway... I sat down with him backstage and he really opened up about all sorts of things, including what he calls his old life crisis. I think you'll enjoy our chat. He's a wonderful guy. Here we go. Well, here we are on the Shed Wireless with my first guest doing the uh, the Shed Wireless. And uh, and the way this is going, it'll be the last guest as well. Well, that could be that. That could be that. You never know. Mr. Glenn Shorrock. Glenn. It's lovely to see you again, and it's lovely to be uh, doing a show with you. It's just fantastic. Now, basically, how's life treating you at the moment? What what, what have I got to complain about after 60 years of doing this? True. And you're not far far behind me. Well, thanks for the reminder, yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been doing this since I was, well, 16, 17. Mm -hmm. But as as a living, since I was 20, when I left Adelaide with the Twilights. Yep. And moved to Melbourne and became that international uh, pop star in, in Geelong. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you have a, a day job before, before yeah. you went professional? What did you do? I, I was a junior draftsman in the drawing office. Right. What yeah. company? Would we know the company? Well, it's uh, the South Australian Mines Department. Oh, right. And we, and we made maps of uh-huh. the geological surface of whatever. Right. So that the... Um, uh, all, all the mining companies could go and rob it. Yes. <laughs> and still I didn't doing know it. that at the time. <laughs> I was only 17 and I, I, worked, yeah. I, I worked alongside a guy who, and he, he was in a band, in a vocal group. Yep. You know? now, now they call them boy bands, don't they? They're yes, vocal groups. that's right. Yeah, they were a vocal group back then. But yeah. then they were a vocal group. Yeah. They were called the Four Tones. Uh-huh. And uh, I used to, uh, you know, sit alongside of him and he, he'd, he'd practice and did the lyrics of so and so, so and so, and I'd sing along. Cause mm-hmm. I, he said, You can sing harmony. I said, Can I? Yeah. <laughs> he said, Yeah, one of our guys is leaving. One is your audition. Ah. I said, Really? Yeah, Isn't it the way in showbiz when somebody gets sick or somebody doesn't turn up? Yeah, it's just it's your, it's your chance. Yeah, an opportunity comes your way. Did you have one of, one of well, those? Well, I think that's happened quite a few times in my life. You yeah, know, like and when I was doing radio and somebody couldn't make it, and all yeah. of a sudden I'm on breakfast yeah. instead of on a you know a, a, an afternoon show or a night show. So yeah, that's just the way it works. Now retirement. You've been thinking about that at all? That's a big leap now. I just, no, well, I just why got not? started. Now no, no, no. We, look, we haven't got all day. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us haven't got many days left. Um, no, I'm not thinking about retirement at all, really. I'm, I'm quite happy with the way my life's going at the yep. moment. I've made some big changes, as you know, mm-hmm. in my life, in my personal life. I've... Uh, uh, left a marriage, a long-term marriage, and mm-hmm. uh, met somebody else, and uh, I'm carrying on, as I say. Well done. And you've uh, you've moved as well. You've you've uh, mm. you've got a new place in Port Douglas. Yeah, bought a place in Port Douglas, and uh, we've kept a bolt hole in um, Sydney in Kings mm-hmm. Cross. Um, and I bought myself a, an Aston Martin. <laughs> I've gone mad. This is an old life crisis. Yeah, it is. Very old life crisis. <laughs> well, I've, that's fantastic. I've always been in, into cars, and I always yeah. loved an Aston Martin. I love yep. those yep. beautiful English 
best car, best looking car ever made, the DB9, and I've mm -hmm. got one now. Wow. And um, I'm, I'm loving life. I've got a new lady. I've got a new new um, lifestyle. Yep. And um, luckily, my my um, career is still healthy. You know, I, I, we've got that body of work behind us that will keep on feeding us. Yes, we're very fortunate, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you've had a great string of hits, and, and I, I've done okay as well. And, you um, sure have. And there's a lot of people like us still going. Yeah. Brian Cadd, Ross Wilson. Yep. Russell Morris. Yep. Uh, Kate yeah, it's, it's pretty well unheard of, you know, this uh, this era that we were brought up in, you know, uh, and it's still going, you know. Mm. It's, uh, mm. it's 50 years down the track. Mm. And uh, we're so lucky, you know, that our audiences are still turning up. Yeah. To put, to put a, uh, a realistic side on things, mm -hmm. my... Uh, my time in showbiz has taken its toll on me. I think mm -hmm. uh, I now I now suffer from anxiety and and nervous tension. Right. Um, I don't know how it's come about. So that's recent, fairly recent. Last last ten years. Why? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I find it very hard to relax, and mm -hmm. which is strange because I. I'm a transcendental meditator from way back, you know, when the mm -hmm. when the Beatles went mystical. Oh yeah, of course. I, I did as well. The hippies. Yeah, the Mahesh Yogi. Yeah, Mahesh. yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, well, so have you ever I, thought I, of uh, maybe getting back into that? You know, doing well, a bit of yoga do. and things. And I still do. I still meditate, yep. but not yep. as much as I should should do. Uh huh. And um, no, you know, I I drink too much and I eat too much. <laughs> I think we all do that, don't we? <laughs> So what's in store for this year? Um, I haven't made any plans. I never have made plans mm -hmm. in my life. I've just taken advantage of opportunities that come my way. I've yep. never said, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Uh, things have just happened to me. And I, and I got mixed up in the early days of the Twilights. And yep. uh, Terry Britton was a great... Uh, original songwriter and, mm. and become a Grammy and, and then I hooked up with Brian yep. and we had a good time in Axiom yep. and uh, and then I met the other three writers of LRB so you know I've touched the uh, hem of the garment of lots of talented people and they've rub, rubbed off on me and I've contributed a bit to myself. Oh that's great it really is I mean I, and after this extraordinary year that we've just had uh, yeah how, how have you been going with this whole COVID thing well I, I look at it philosophically uh, mm -hmm. in a, a large picture yeah I always I always tend to overthink things cosmically and I, yeah. I, I think this happened for a cosmic re re reason mm -hmm. um, we are an overpopulated planet you know, we yeah can't, we can't afford any more people Mm. And I think this is just Mother Nature's way of saying, well, some yeah. of you have got to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I always... Uh, that's, that's a I brutal always, way of putting it. Yeah, I know. I always get a little bit amused when people say, yeah, you know, we've got to save the planet. It's, it's For me, it's always been about saving the human race. The planet will always be there. Uh, yeah, no, it, it will. You're right, quite right there. Now, yeah. We'll be long gone, and, and this rock will still be flying around the yeah. solar system, empty. Yep. You know, I, I have these sort of science fiction, yeah. apocalyptic 
Yeah. You know, nothing, nothing's there. It'll all belong to the cockroaches. Mm, yeah. That's right. Now, who's the most important person in your life now? Uh, a lady called Irene, mm -hmm. who's uh, to become my wife. You're going to get married soon, I do yeah. believe. Yeah. <coughs> Congratulations. Yeah. You think I'd know better by now? <laughs> <laughs> now I've had some great relationships and. Uh, this one is one of them, and I'm looking forward to spending the next. Well, I, well I'm 76 now. I reckon I've got another 25 years in, in me. I reckon I'll. Well, do yeah. 100. It's it's running in your blood, isn't it? Your mum is still yeah. still alive at, at 100. Yeah, it's lovely. That's, that's just fantastic, Joyce. She's yes, I've, I've met your mum a couple of times. Couple of times she, yeah. yeah, she's she's lovely. Mate, no, do you have a shed at all? Uh, no, I've got a cupboard in the garage. Does that uh -huh. count? Does that yeah, count? well, of course it does. I mean, what do you do? Do you get in there and draw or paint or...? Play video games <laughs> and play chess and... All right. Yeah. Well, not, not with yourself, chess. Who do you play chess with? Uh, Irene. Oh, OK. And she beats me all the time. <laughs> you did a movie just quite recently. Yeah. Um, it's a, a movie where I play a broken-down RSL singer. Uh -huh. Who's at the end of his tether, and he's a grumpy old bastard, and he takes it out on his wife. Oh, not not badly, right. but just uh, they don't. They they're, they're not in love anymore. Uh -huh. I think a bit of that rubbed off on my situation uh -huh. because you know you call me grumpy sometimes. Oh, I, I do not. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> You know, I have a cynicism in me, and I. I oh, I so do I. It's I don't, don't apologise for that. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I played this guy, and um, he, he he passes on in the in the end. Uh, but it was a an experience, and it's been four years in the post production, of it, and it's coming out this year, and we'll see what happens. Well, congratulations, and uh, let's hope the movie does well. And it's great to hear that you're doing well, and uh, everything's looking on the up. Yeah, you're going to get married again. It's just uh, mm -hmm. everything's looking fantastic. And uh, here's to another 20 or 30 years, like you said, Glenn. And thanks That'll very be... much for being my first guest yeah. on the Shed Wireless. I'm, Glenn Shorrick. I'm privileged. Thank thanks, you. Mate. What was your name again? Yeah, Eric. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, not, not at this premises, at, uh, at the old Wobba Community Hall. Yes, I've been out there. Yes, you have, you have, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, we're, um, we're finally finally set up here in, in our permanent home, we hope. Um, owned owned by council, Lake Macquarie City Council, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, now what sort of activities go on in this brand new shed of yours? Yeah, just just about anything you like. We're, we're very well equipped, as uh, as you can see from where we're standing at the moment. It's mainly mechanical, but mechanical as in lawnmowers, whippersnippers, that type of thing. I emphasise that... We only we only do this for people need, needy people that can't afford too much for a mower or a weapon snipper or whatever. So it's a cheap source for them. Okay, we uh, we we never aim to put or take local people's business. Okay. Yes, indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, and there's plenty of grass around. You, you're going to be busy with this with the weather this year. Yeah, it's rampant, isn't it? It's really <laughs> it certainly true. is. Yeah. And now, does everybody get on, <laughs> or is there, is there the odd personality clash? Well, won't won't tell a lie. Um, yeah. Um, sometimes I say to these fellows, I said, "Fellows, there's only one thing worse than you, and it's a shed full of women." But joke. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I won't deny that there's the odd personality clash, but by and large, they get along great. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, is there any uh, particular project you've been involved in that got everybody excited and involved? Yeah. Um, there's. Well, has anybody told you about uh, the billy carts? No, we haven't heard about the billy carts. We heard a little bit about um, somebody with a, uh, a go kart. Yeah, yeah, uh, pr- probably probably a good project we're doing at the moment. We're building, I forget whether it's four or five, four, I think, billy cars for Toronto Scouts. Beautiful. All right? And, and, and yeah, re- really good project. Uh, we're, um, we're sourcing the materials at the right price for them uh, so that uh, it's going to get done from at minimal cost. Now, you mentioned COVID-19 before. Um, what happened to the shed when COVID hit? Well, we uh, listened to everything the media told us. Uh, we had a committee meeting and decided the best thing to do, uh, along with what a lot of other businesses were doing, we, we decided the best thing to do was close, temp- temporarily close. Very unfortunate, but that, that's what we chose to do for a period of about two months. Now, uh, after you reopened, did anything change or is it basically straight back into normal? Um, Things changed a little bit in that uh, some of our less fortunate and less healthy members uh, chose not to come back, but they were very, very conscious. The the health problems they've got are... um, Like, uh, there's there's one or two fellows with pneumonia. So, you know what I mean? It doesn't... Yeah. So, but, but yeah, other than that, by and large, no, back into it. Well, Terry, thank you very much for your great input today and being one of my special guests on the Shed Wireless, Terry Woolard, here at the Toronto Men's Shed. Thanks again. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Nailed it. Nailed it. With Rip Wood Chip. <laughs>
said as Rip Woodchip here. How are you all going today? Well, things are starting to get back to normal. Well, the new normal, as they're calling it. So does that mean that the old normal is now abnormal? Well, normal's something that I've never really been accused of being, so maybe now I'll fit in a little bit better, eh? So, what is the new normal? Well, the world has become a much smaller place, about as big as your backyard, and packing for a holiday or a trip consists of basically grabbing your wallet and your phone. And that whole social distancing thing has made us all a walking petri dish. Going in for a hug or a handshake can be considered as offensive as flashing. And coughing in an elevator, well, that could get you bashed or even a lawsuit. I went to the supermarket the other day and went to hand the woman a $20 note for me groceries. And she looked at me as if I must have wiped my ass with it. But then, if you hand someone a new roll of toilet paper, it's considered a gesture of love. Swipe, don't wipe. On a positive... The missus wardrobe has been refined to two sets of clothes, day pyjamas and night pyjamas. The other day she did her hair and put on a pair of tracky dacks to go to the shop and I was worried she was having an affair. We've had to learn to say day with our eyes and use nods and hand gestures to communicate any further than that, unless you can decipher the muffled sounds through a mask. And we've all become a little more conscious of our own dental hygiene now that we've been forced to constantly smell our own breath. Ah, but the new normal ain't all about that bad, is it, fellas? I reckon this whole thing has knocked us down a few notches and made us appreciate the little things a little more, don't you reckon? You don't know what you've got until it's gone, especially when you're forced to wipe your ass with a used chip packet. Anyway, Shedders, I've got to go have a shave. It's my turn to go and collect the mail. OK, fellas, see you next time. Bye. I'm really looking forward to hearing the first of our Ask the Doc segments for 2021 here on the Shed Wireless. This is where we sit down with Professor Rob McLaughlin from Healthy Male, which is a leading Australian organisation that focuses entirely on male health. It used to be called Andrology Australia. We're also joined by Stuart Torrance, who is the Men's Health Project Officer at the Australian Men's Shed Association. In previous episodes of Ask the Doc, we've talked about seriously relevant subjects like your prostate, testosterone decline, and even erectile dysfunction. That's right, here on the Shed Wireless, we're not too meek and mild or polite to talk about that stuff. Over to you, Stuart and Rob. Got a question? Ask the Doc. Professor Rob McLaughlin from AMSA Partners Healthy Mail. Thanks, JPY. It's great to be back on the uh, Shed Wireless, and it's great to have you along for the ride. We're also pleased to have uh, along with us uh, today Professor Rob McLaughlin. He's back for another season of Ask the Doc. And if you're new to the Shed Wireless, then uh, let me tell you, Rob is the man for the job. Let me fill you in. He's not just a doctor. He's a medical director at Healthy Mail, uh, one of our uh, health partners, uh, he has a whole string of other medical positions at uh, Monash and other uh, research organisations. He's uh, even a consultant to the World Health Organisation on ma- male fertility and a member of the Order of Australia to boot. G'day, Rob. G'day, how are you? Not too bad. Rob, can you tell me, why are you so passionate about male health? Oh, well, uh, I am one. Uh, I'm the father of two young men. Uh, I'm a granddad of a three-year-old boy and I've got a 92-year-old father-in-law. So men are important to me uh, and, of course, I'm not alone here. Uh, Many people are passionate about men's health these days and awareness of the whole area has really increased enormously over the past 20 years. I mean, we know the stats, you know, about reduced life expectancy for men relative to women in every country and every subgroup. 
And the question is, you know, is it hardwired uh, or can we change it? Uh, we sure know there are things we can do to keep our good health and our longevity, and some of them are pretty obvious, like the cigarette in your fingers and your 110-centimetre underpants. Uh, so we know what we should be doing, uh, things that work, you know, lifestyle and preventative maintenance. Uh, so I think that uh, it's right to be passionate because we can do something. Yeah, Rob, glad you brought up the uh, preventative maintenance, as today we're going to talk about service and maintenance for men. This involves checking if there's a spanner in the works, so to speak. So look at the basics of the of service. Um, that's your uh, annual visit to the GP, whether you need it or not. Uh, and maintenance is covering those aches and pains that pop up every now and again. It's a very good analogy. We all understand the importance of servicing our car. And well, what about our bodies? Uh, nobody wants to hear about the dodgy brakes after the accident. You want to fix them beforehand. So this tool uh, really draws parallels between a car's mechanics in the male body and what you can do to prevent and protect yourself from things going awry. Uh, of course, it depends, if you like, on the age of the vehicle or, in this case, the age of the man as to what you might focus on. I mean, the adolescents, uh, you know, the young, robust, bulletproof young men, uh, middle-aged men, older men, we've all got issues that need to be looked at. So there are different schedules depending upon the sort of bloke you're talking about. Uh, and in middle-aged and older men, of course, uh, in that group, there's no price for guessing what the hydraulics of the car are important for. Eh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'd like to call the older men vintage classics. I, I think that's yes. probably more appropriate. That's yeah, a lovely but... analogy, yes. <laughs> a fine old Jaguar. <laughs> but you need to work on them a little more than the, the, um, the younger models, I'm afraid. Uh, can we have a quick chat about the Spanner program and specifically the age groups that are covered? The program starts in the 20s, uh, but let's start with the 50s age group and work our way through from there uh, through to the end. Um, at the uh, start of each section, there's a manual, uh, in the manual, there's a do-it-yourself section. Some great tips on taking care of yourself when it goes into, uh, then it goes into other specific areas of the body and things uh, to think or ask your doctor about. For me, at uh, 56, that would be sleep and bowel screening. I wrote my uh, positive bowel screen uh, results last year in the Spanner in the Works newsletter. Um, all clear now, thankfully, um, but I you know, could have missed some in important information had I have not done that bowel screening. Rob, what sort of things would you be checking for and what information would you as a doctor find help from from a patient? Well, it, it depends upon, uh, as you say, the age of, of, the, of the fella. But uh, a man around your age, one's thinking about the big issues, uh, cardiovascular disease, you know, blood pressure, cholesterol, blood sugar, weight, lifestyle, exercise. Uh, they're the things that, you know, are really quite life-threatening. Uh, on the other hand, there are things that are very important to the bloke, like being active, you know, joints and uh, aches and pains, and if they're limiting his happiness. There's a sex life, of course, erectile dysfunction, much more common. You need to ask about that, uh, you know, bring it out in the conversation because so much can be done for that. And we know that also relates back to the heart and blood pressure issues. The two things often go together. So you've got to look at the whole package, uh, what's important to the guy, uh, where he's at in his life, what his expectations are. And there's quite a clear checklist which the local doctors will go through. Uh, for a middle-aged and older man looking for these sorts of things. But the guy has to go in the first place. He's got to go and say, listen, you know, I'm, I'm 56. Uh, 
I like to be checked out. I'm a bit concerned about the bowel screening and other questions. Go and ask. Go and ask. Yeah, there's no there's no question that's uh, not approachable when you're in that doctor's surgery, is there? Well, the, the questions are, are not going to be unfamiliar to the doctor. It may be difficult for you to, to bring it up, um, but I think you'll find uh, local doctors are quite happy to talk about all of those issues. Uh, and once the conversation gets going, people are often very open and frank about uh, about their, their concerns and often they're relieved when they're asked the, the question, like, for example, you know, a question like, look, you know, a, a guy with diabetes like you, Brian, have had, you know, blood pressure problems a long time, often have erectile problems, typically with sex. Is that a problem for you? And the guy says, yes, as a matter of fact, it is. And thank you for asking. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, once you, once the ice is broken, away you go. Yeah. Yeah, the the the, um, the 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 charade ends, and and you can actually start having yeah. a a good conversation. Yeah. Just looking at the uh, maintenance and, uh, manual for the sixties, uh, you know, they they talk about heart health and gut troubles, uh, as well as reproductive health. Uh, and sometimes these things aren't easy brought up as a uh, as a topic, especially reproductive health. But um, heart health, you know, sometimes you get a little flutter in the chest. Well, is that a problem or isn't it? Well, if you don't ask, then you're not going to know and you're not going to be able to find out because the doctor doesn't know that that's one of the problems that, or one of the concerns that you have. Um, so I think it's very important that we sort of own up and, and own the things that uh, happen to us physically. Um, Rob, when we get to 70s and beyond, uh, the, the, the checks get a, very, uh, a bit more general with eye and hearing checks, uh, a real relevant uh, topic for now is the immunisation. You know, what do I do? What do I need? When should I get it? Um, what's the doc looking for in this particular age group in the 70s and beyond? Well, I think that, you know, just problems with your eyesight and your hearing are very important to declare because that's how you interact with your, your children, your grandchildren and the world. And, uh, you know, one see uh, a, a lot of guys who are hard of hearing uh, and they get a bit withdrawn because they can't pick up the conversation and they stand back a bit. We had one of these podcasts last year about both hearing and sight, and it was clear that, uh, uh, you know, there are things that can be done, but unless you go and have a check and, and, and say, look, I'm concerned that I'm not picking up conversation or I'm concerned that I'm not as sharp eyes as I used to have, let's have a look at that. You're going to, you're going to miss important opportunities to improve, improve your health. Um, and obviously these days with uh, the COVID crisis, uh, <laughs> immunisation against COVID is going to be the number, number one conversation for many uh, older men because this is the age group but with uh, one of the highest risks of serious complications from COVID. So uh, that's going to be a, a very important conversation. So is COVID, the COVID injection, an immunisation? Uh, yes, it's an, it's an immunisation against uh, the the virus, uh, uh, which uh, the evidence is currently showing is highly effective, no matter which uh, vaccination you receive, the Pfizer or the AstraZeneca, uh, and uh, it reduces the uh, chance of getting a symptomatic illness or getting sick, and greatly re- eliminates the risk of a uh, really serious illness and ICU admissions. It's a it's a it's a wonderful thing, and uh, of course we're all very anxious to get it out there and. Uh, I'm lining up as soon as I can to get my shot, and uh, I'd encourage any any uh, of your listeners uh, 
to uh, when their opportunity arises, when they hit the various thresholds for who's next, that they're you know that they they get on their front foot and get it done. And this is different to the actual flu vaccine, isn't it? Oh yes, totally different. Uh, so you would need you would need yeah, both. Yeah, you'll need both, but they uh, they need to be separated by a period of time. You don't have them on the same day, but your local doctor will tell you get a schedule that works for for you. Rob, much appreciate you talking to us once again. Spanner in the Works is a health program that was developed by the Australian Men's Shed Association in partnership with Healthy Mail. And there's a whole lot of information and resources online at mailhealth.org. You can also go to Healthy Mail's website, healthymail.org.au, for a whole lot more information. Next month on the podcast, we'll look at opioid paid medication, including the recent changes to the rules that might be impacting you if you suffer from chronic or ongoing pain. Thanks, Rob. Catch you next time. Okay, anytime. For a great range of resources and tools to help you live well, head to the Spanner in the Works website. You can just search it up or go to mailhealth.org.au. Everything you hear on The Shed Wireless is created to inform and is not intended to be a substitute for personal advice from your doctor. All right, it's time to shut The Shed Wireless door for now. If you want to get in touch, you can email me at theshedwireless at menshed.net. Make sure you tell a friend about the podcast and share it online if you know someone who's interested in The Shed, a men's shed or even a home shed. Some blokes are a bit tech shy, like me, and couldn't be bothered because it's a podcast, something new, so show them how easy it is. You can also point them towards the instructions for first-time listeners at menshed.org forward slash the Shed Wireless and look after yourself. Well, that's it from me for my first crack at the Shed Wireless. I've had a really, really, really good time and I hope you have too. So look after yourself and I reckon we should go fishing on the wireless next time. What do you think? Let me know. Yeah, we can do it all at the Menshed. Short, fat, tall, skinny, hairy, ball. In the shed, it's welcome one and all. Share the skills you know. We're all having a go. There's a helping hand in the Menshed. Yeah.